This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Coy Lee, a top producer from New Mexico and Hunter Chase Realty. But before we get to Coy, just a quick reminder, if you're brand new to our show, we would really love it if you would subscribe. So if you are listening on a podcast app, hit that subscribe button. If you are listening through our website, pull up a podcast app on your phone and search for Keeping It Real and then subscribe. And if you're watching us on YouTube or Instagram, we are thrilled to have you there as well. Um, but please tell a friend. Think of one other real estate professional that would benefit from hearing these interviews with top producers like Koi and send them a link to our show. If they're not a podcast person, send them right to our websites, keepingitrealpod.com. They can stream every episode we've ever done right from the browser. And also, you know, if they are a podcast person, have them pull up Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button. And also, please follow us on Facebook. We post all of our episodes that we do right there. And we even while we're recording them, we broadcast them live on Facebook, so you don't have to wait for us to produce the episode, which usually takes a few weeks. So you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now on to our interview with Coily. Today on the show, we have Coy Lee from Hunter Chase Realty in Albuquerque and Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Coy. Uh, Coy has been in the real estate, uh, it has been in real estate rather, for over a decade and enjoys traveling to teach real estate across the nation. He is the operations officer and head trainer for his brokerage. He attended a top 10 worldwide college for his master's of business administration in uh, in management of technology. Uh, graduating college in Albuquerque at 19, which is incredible. I didn't graduate till I was 22, uh, shows you what I did in college. But he also won the UNM uh, business school competition, it's, which has allowed him to pursue his dreams of helping others through real estate. As a master certified uh, negotiations expert, Coy loves to find the deal and make dreams come true. His background in psychology has been a tremendous help in this relationship oriented industry. Coy loves to teach social media to agents and local businesses because it's such a powerful tool to create and deepen relationships. He is also a member of NAGLREP, which is the National Association of Gay and Lesbian Real Estate Professionals. And we reached out to NAGLREP earlier this month and told them we'd like to feature more of their members on our show. And Koi was the very first person they recommended. So we are so excited to speak with him today. Um, please follow Koi on Instagram. You can find him at, at the Koi, which is T-H-E-K. A-H-O-I. So Instagram, the Koi. Koi, welcome uh, to our show. We're so excited to have you. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for that great introduction. Couldn't have written it better myself. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, it's, we are here to celebrate, uh, you know, top agents and what they did to get to where they are. Um, we are, we're nearing about 300 episodes and our audience just loves hearing from successful realtors. I just saw a statistic. Well, actually my boss told me about the statistic. I didn't see it, but there are a hundred thousand more realtors now as there were um, about uh, 10 years ago. So wow. it is really exploded. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, content like this, I think is really helpful for our eight, for eight, our listeners who can hear from somebody who's had so much success so young. Um, so I'd love to start all the way at the beginning of your real estate career. Obviously you, you, you crushed college at a very early age, which is beyond impressive. Um, but tell us how you got into real estate. So, um, I, I'm actually from, uh, Vietnam and my, uh, my, my mom immigrated with me to America. We lived in various cities, um, but we ended up in Albuquerque and, you know, she worked multiple jobs, but she knew that, you know, the first thing she needed to do was get a house. Okay. And so we, you know, when we purchased our first house, our house was younger and everything. And she accumulated, she started her own business, a jewelry business and mm-hmm. bought more houses, et cetera. But there was a big frustration. The frustration was she didn't speak English well and she sure. didn't know how to read English well. Sure. Um, so what comes with that is an opportunity for people to take advantage of. And um, I just remember one time when we uh, we lost a, a lot because an agent uh, went out and took advantage of this, and we mm. lost our our uh, our deposit on a house, and he took it. You know, wow. And un- yeah, un- uh, you know. So, you know, when when you're when you come over here and for a, a opportunity. Um, and everything like that. And then you lose everything that you worked for because right. somebody swindled you out of it. That, you know, that, that's, um, that, that's a major blow. So um, of course I committed to going to college um, and everything like that. You know, it's a, uh, it's a case of, and we talked about this a little bit off air too, you know, it's, it's hard to um, just speak about, you know, the struggles and everything, but I'm okay with sharing because I, I feel like it's important to pe- for people to know that it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from, you know, right. y- you, you can achieve whatever you want. So there was bouts of homelessness, um, you know, wow. sharing, um, you know, 10 people to a room, et cetera, but we did what we had to do. Um, I went to college, got out as soon as I can, because I knew that the faster I got out, the, the sooner I can, you know, help, help out. Um, so, uh, with that, I, I first, I did the management of technology, um, school. Sure. So I sold my first business, which was the biodiesel business. So and were you I, a, were you a developer or you were just a tech guy or tell us uh, uh, if you don't mind yeah, sharing so, about that? Yeah. So, uh, management technology is cool. So what you do is you, you work with like engineers and you work with, um, sciencey people, and then you take their ideas because what they're good at is sciencey stuff. What I'm sure. good at is marketing and, yeah. and logistics and everything. So we take that idea and we take it to, from a seed company into the marketplace, you know, IPOs and things like that. And we're very lucky that we have uh, three big labs here, Los Alamos labs, Sandia labs, and also the laboratories at UNM. So we would take ideas, 
see where we can commercialize them and take them to market. We advised on uh, angel investments and everything like that. So because of that, uh, with that business plan competition, I got a, you know, a large sum back in the day that was large for me and, you know, started that business, sold it off and then got this one thing out of my veins, which was like, I hope I opened a nightclub. Uh, wow. What a, what a change. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so opened the nightclub and then uh, ran it for a bit, sold it to some investors from Las Vegas and then, you know, um, decided, Hey, I'm going to take some time off to uh, just kind of see what's up, uh, traveled a little bit and then got really, really bored. But then I remembered, you know, that, you know, I, I should get into this profession because one, I've helped my mom with all of her real estate dealings. You know, I've translated for her, et cetera, but she's not the only person out there that needed help, you know, um, with, with these forums and, you know, deals and everything like that. So becoming an agent that can, you know, speak their language and, you know, help, help uh, the Vietnamese community out has been a tremendous help. Um, for my career as well as being part of the LGBTQ community and having a uh, opening a gay bar. Wow. Wow. That's uh, you said it's so much that that's <laughs> it, it's really impressive that you've really had success in three very different industries. Um, you know, the the sort of you were kind of part of the incubator uh, IT sort of world and taking uh, good ideas and bringing them to market and then then switching over to the nightclub world. And, and that's a tremendously difficult world as well, from what I understand. And then having yep. success there is, is even probably more rare. And then, of course, having success in real estate. And I'm curious if there's a certain if there's certain habits that you cultivated that have sort of stretched spanned across these different industries that you've had success with that you, you could say, Hey, you know, I I'm really sort of doing similar daily tasks or at least daily, you know, disciplines that are, that really, you know, sort of go across uh, all these different lines of, of work that you've been involved in. Yeah. So one thing that um, when I was going through school was everyone was saying, Hey, you're, you're getting your MBA. That's that was the end goal, right? Sure. You're getting your MBA. Why don't you go to business school, and for your bachelor's degree? And I, you know, I went for my psychology degree. Right. And I, I people ask me that, and I just answer them same thing as, who do you work with when you're in business? Right. <laughs> right. And and they're if they're confused or anything, I'll answer for them. You work with people, right? Yeah. You don't work with machines. You need to understand people first and foremost it doesn't matter um what industry you're in one you're you need to understand people and two you're always selling something okay i don't it doesn't matter if you are an engineer you're selling your resume to that manager that you would work for that national lab okay an engineer is a salesperson everyone is selling something and so you know when we identify what their needs are you know, people's needs are, we can, you know, go more in depth and help them and build that relationship with people. And so that's why having a psych background has been tremendously helpful. Now, um, go ahead. Oh, no, go right ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So having a psych background has, has been helpful. And um, I think the traits in be, uh, with any industry to be successful in any industry is going to be, one, first of all, integrity. Do what yeah. you say you're going to do. 
if you're going to um, work in tech, if you're going to work at a nightclub, if you're going to work in real estate, do what you say you're going to do. That's if you if you go that far, like you're you're already more successful than than most people there. Secondly, can I, can I pause you? I want to pause yeah, you for ahead. a second. Just mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about about that integrity. It's it's such um, it's such an easy thing to sort of say you know, to just sort of define as do, do what you say you're going to do, which is absolutely the truth. Um, but I, I'm curious in when you're working with your buyers and sellers, do you set the expectation uh, in advance and, and, you know, make sure that, that they are on board with, with what that means? In other words, are you telling them, you know, here's how often I'm going to communicate with you or, or here's what, how this process is going to go. I'm curious on, on, on that part of it for real estate, because I know that communication is everything uh, when it comes to working with clients. And I'm just curious on, on what that looks like for you. Yeah. If communication is everything, then yes, you should communicate how they're going to be communicated to, right? Yeah. I always say no communication is also a form of communication. If you're <laughs> yes. not updating your clients, you're telling them they're not worthy of being updated. So think about it that way. I also uh, work on a philosophy of if they ask you a question, you have failed. Okay. So I tell my team, if you, if our client asks us a question, we have failed. You know, if they're asking things like, "Hey, um, what's an appraisal?" Right. Well, uh, what What do you mean? You know, how how do you not know what an appraisal is? Of course, that's not going to be our answer. Our answer is, you know what? Hold on. Write up the blog post. <laughs> write up the email. Send it off to them, and then copy that for the next client. Right. Because each time we reiterate, we reiterate. And that's one thing that we did with our management of technology um, courses. And now that I just kind of had, I had a little bit of epiphany of, uh, of something. So I'll, I'll touch base on that in a little bit, but we reiterate until we get it right. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, if, if, uh, if they ask us, we failed uh, back to your question, do we tell them ahead of time how we operate? Of course we do. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be the one who's going to control the narrative or are you going to let the tail wag the dog? Okay. I tell them, you like that one? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I love that because it's, it's, it, you know, it's funny. I interviewed a top producer here in Chicago a few years ago and out of 44,000 realtors we have in the Chicagoland area, she's in the top, literally the top 10. And I asked her, I said, why do you think you're in the top 10? And Please don't say you work harder than everyone because I'm sure that's true. But but what else do you think it is beyond hard work? And she says, this is going to sound so silly and I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's probably the truth. I call every single one of my clients every single week and give them an update on how things are going. And I said, and? and she goes, that's kind of it. <laughs> and I, I said, doesn't everybody do that? And she goes, no. <laughs> so uh, I just, I just was thinking uh, that that came to me while you were talking about the importance yeah, of, of if they have to ask you a question, if they have to say, and, and even if it's just, Hey, what's the next step? That's probably the biggest failure of all, right? When they say what comes after this, because then you haven't really prepped them correctly. And so I think we're, we're talking about overly communicating and not overly in a negative way, but making sure that, that any possible question uh, a buyer or a seller might have, you have uh, already have that as part of your process so that they don't have to think about it, um, you know, and then ask you. Yep, exactly. You know, uh, if, if they're asking you things such as, you know, hey, what do I got to do to get 
to get um, my house ready for inspections, right? Now, of course, you can type it out in your text messages and just send it to them, okay? Now I did that this one time. Next week, I have to do it again and again and again, right? Or you can systemize it, do it once, and send it out each time you schedule inspections to the seller. What is your, this is what I ask my brokers is, what is your business going to be like in five years? Okay, are you, in five years, are you still going to be typing out that text each time somebody asks? Or are you, your business going to be so good that you have to have your assistant send out that email? Well, if it's, if it's going to be the second, why not create that thing now? That's a really, really amazing suggestion. So everyone who's who's listening or watching right now, this is a great, we, we do this here at our company. I, I I work on the recruiting side. So I recruit realtors. I don't work with, with buyers and sellers directly. But what we've done over the years is we have every single question that uh, somebody might who might be looking to join our firm might be curious in, in knowing we have all the answers written out. And, and as realtors, you can obviously, you should accumulate all of these questions, put them in a, in a database, put them in a spreadsheet, um, have these answers pre-written, pre-formatted, tightened up and, and sent out in a systematized way so that they don't even have to ask. But when they do, you, you, you can shoot that out. But boy, that is such a great suggestion is, is just write down every question that buyers or sellers ask you and have answers ready to go and then figure out how to incorporate that into your into your systems. Yep, you take, let's say one hour, okay? If it takes me one hour to write out what's an inspection, put it on a blog post, put it in PDF, save it to, you know, send this out after you schedule inspections. If that takes me one hour, but it saves me one hour every week, that's 52 hours in a year. Is your time worth that? Mine is. I charge a lot of money per hour. <laughs> and, well, that's the other thing too, is you know what you charge per hour. That's another great exercise is, is working backwards and figuring out you know, a realistic um, sort of goal for the end of the year and then figuring out how many hours you're working that year and then and making that, dividing that up and then realizing if, if anything I'm doing is not generating that amount of money, it might be a good idea to outsource it. Now virtual assistants are so popular. Um, you know, the entire world uh, will bid to help you with your business and, you know, you can find some really competitive rates. Um, but back to your, uh, you, you were, I, I got us off track and I apologize. You were listing, uh, you were on your your second tip. And I apologize. I sort of got us off track, but I'd love to hear it. If you could remember, if I didn't take you too far away. Yeah. So, uh, your question was what between those three industries, you know, is a common denominator. Um, yeah. I would say, of course, the first one is the integrity part of it, doing yeah. things, what you, what you're going to say you're going to do Two is definitely, definitely, uh, systematizing things, which we talked about, right. Is, you know, you know, whatever you're going to do repeatedly, you know, write it down, systematize it, and then outsource it to somebody I have else. A quick, I have a quick question for you. So it's funny because you'll talk to some agents, although I think th these agents would be in the minority, um, when you ask them like, hey, what do you bring to a listing presentation? Almost everyone I've ever interviewed on our show and just hundreds of people that have been on the show have all said, oh, I have a whole process. I have a whole, you know, for like for a listing presentation, for example, um, I'm going to bring, you know, a, a questionnaire. I'm going to bring maybe a little, what we would used to be called a war book or, or some slides or 
you know, and then there's other people, but I think they're in the minority, um, but it's still not all that uncommon who go, I show up with a blank pad of paper. I'm curious on, on what your process is when, since you are so systematized, are you, I'm assuming you're probably not a blank pad of paper guy, or you bring that in, in addition, but I'm assuming you have a whole process on top of that. I have both. Okay. Yeah. And so um, if I have a listing appointment, I can message um, one of my team members and I can say, I need a listing uh, portfolio. It's a leather portfolio for this address. Okay. And I, if I go pick it up or I can have it delivered if I really need to, and I'm going to be at that property, they'll meet me at the same time, drop it off. Right. It will have, uh, let's say any previous MLS sheets are going to be printed out. The house surveys printed out. Our seller's book is printed out. I have samples of our marketing material in this, uh, in this thing too. I have two pens. One of them is green. Cause I only write in green ink because green's money. I have key tags two key tags, because that's what I require from my sellers. I have my business cards. Um, I have every single little thing that I might need. And also have a checklist. And that checklist needs to be filled out and checked to make sure that I, that I know every single little thing is already in there. If something's missing, they'll also, they'll write, you know, like get no previous data on there. So if I glance at this piece of paper for 15 seconds, I, I can go in and start right away. Yes, I have a blank piece of, you know, pad on the end and that I write notes in after the listing's done. If it's signed, great. If it's not, I still send it over uh, the portfolio over to my team member. There's a system for them to disassemble it, input things into my CRM, update notes, um, scan anything that needs to be scanned, disassemble things that weren't used, such as key tags, pens, whatever, that was going into its own cubby holes. It goes into a separate slot, um, depending on where it is, signed, unsigned, et cetera. And then they also schedule onto my schedule um, for next week to follow up with these people or whatever tasks that I put on the, the pad. I say, you know, get this, get this, get this, and it'll all be done in my sleep, basically. It's really incredible. And for everyone listening, you know, this is the year. This is, if you're not this organized and you don't have these systems yet in place, um, this is the year to do that. Um, this will just ultimately, it will uh, sort of ironically, these systems will actually give you more freedom in your life. It, it might seem constraining and and certainly, um, you know, realtors uh, tend to struggle with organization because the the personal person to person skills, interpersonal skills tend to, to be more pro prominent in realtors and organization tends to be, you know, um, something that, that a lot of realtors struggle with. But this is the year to systematize so that you don't have to think about each of these you know, steps every single time because you're likely to forget one or you're likely to just, you know, make a mistake because it's easy to do that when it's not systematized. So I applaud you for, for that. That is a really incredible system. You want to know my secret? Yeah. I'm lazy. I don't <laughs> want to keep doing this over and over and over again. I'm forgetful. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot a pen. Can you show up to a listen point without a pen? Hell no. You know, so, right. so I just wrote everything down. I am not a good paperwork person. I'm not a good, I'm actually probably not a good operations guy, but I'm just lazy. And I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over. So then I hire people that are very good at that stuff, right? To help me organize and create a system that, you know, I'm, that I want this particular thing, this particular way, 
yes, it might not make sense at the moment if you're new, but then you come come and see the hive, everyone's buzzing around, but there's a there's an art, there's a dance to this whole thing. And uh, once you figure out what you want, and which again, what you're saying is more freedom, I'm spending that one hour to say 52 hours, you know, in a year, right? So I'm just, I, I, I want my free time. <laughs> I, you know, I need it. So why do the same things over and over and again? You know, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so simple. And for those of you that haven't developed these systems, it can be overwhelming to think about building all of it at once. And, and, and I would encourage everyone to just start somewhere and start with one little chunk of chunk everything down into little small pieces. And over, you know, a month or two, you could probably develop a good, good number of your systems. And then you just have to run them. It's, it's the same. It's funny. Um, almost a year ago, I, I realized I'm 44, I guess I was 43 a year ago. Um, I, I said, I struggle with getting to the gym. I just, my whole life, I just, it's not something I'm naturally inclined to do. I'm certainly not alone there, but there are people that seem to have an easier time just getting to the gym and exercising. And that's just not me, but I know it was really important. And so I said, how do I systematize this? Because if I leave it up to me trying to find the motivation to do it and to try to remember to do it and to find the time, it just doesn't happen. At least I have, you know, most of my life as evidence that it doesn't happen. And so I said, you know, uh, what if I hired a trainer? And I thought, well, that makes sense because, uh, you know, when I pay for something, I tend to want to use it, but, but also, um, you know, there's a built-in accountability there. And so that's how I systematized exercise. And I haven't missed, you know, a session since now it's a, a very expensive sort of process to do it that way. But it's the only way it works for me, and and I'm I wish it I wish I was just naturally one of those people that went to the gym, just like I'm sure a lot of us wish we were more naturally organized. I fit in the same category as you there, so I have to systematize everything because I'm as forgetful, maybe probably more forgetful than you are, and so I can appreciate um, building these systems uh, to help account for some of our challenges. Um, and and you know we're good at certain things and we're not good at other things, and having systems right. in place are are so critical. So I appreciate Definitely. you uh, you sharing that. Yeah, again, work backwards. What is your business gonna look like five years from now? Are you still gonna be the person that's looking through to make sure that their listing package is all together? Or are you at such a level that you have an assistant that makes it for you on the fly and they know exactly what they're doing because you, you, know, you recorded videos, you wrote down everything already, okay? So decide now what your business is gonna be like in five years and then act like it. So I have, a, I have a good question, or I, I don't know if this is a good question, sorry. It's a question uh, based on something you said that I, I was really impressed with, which is just having a five-year vision and, and wondering, you know, hey, what, for all of our, our listeners, you know, that exercise is so critical. And of course, you know, what you think your business should look like in five years may change. It may evolve over time and, and ultimately it probably will, but knowing sort of where you want to end up is really important. So I have a, I have a question because a lot of people I think would answer that with, well, I want to work mostly or almost exclusively by referral in five years. And I'm curious, and I'm sure that you probably are already working almost exclusively by referral, but um, I'm curious if you have any suggestions for some, some walking backwards to what people can do today to help sort of set up that kind of future. So on my door right over there, it says on the top there, 28 million five hundred and seventy one thousand four hundred and twenty eight dollars okay that's how much i need um at a 3.5 percent withdrawal rate 
or uh, to gain $100,000 a month. So that's the money I need to be in my bank account or investments at a 3.5% for $100,000 a month. So that's one exercise I did is how much money do I want per month? Right? Sure. So first that's wor- that's working backwards there, right? Um, and then underneath there, I have my real estate business, uh, property management, commercial, insurance business, staging business, leasing business, social media, fix and flip, uh, loans, and SEO. Yeah, there's a SEO there. So those are all my companies that I have also. These, right? these are I, all the funnels that, that ultimately drive in revenue for you. Yeah, yeah. And I already have some of those already, okay? But that's posted on my door. I see that every day, okay? And that's, that's the number that I'm shooting for. Yeah, it's pretty low. Okay, 28 million is low for me, but that's what I got to get to get started. All right. So the the number one exercise and not everyone, you know, cares about the dollar amount or everything. But the thing that I take my agents through, it's called the perfect world. Okay, I have them shut their eyes and you walk through every single moment of your perfect day in your perfect world. And you repeat every single sentence in my perfect world. Okay, in my perfect world, I'm waking up at this time. In my perfect world, I work out here. In my perfect world, I woke up in this house and it has this many bedrooms and this is the person next to me. And I check my phone at this time. Some people like to check it early, later, whatever, you know, and then what do you do next? What do you do next? And until you complete your perfect day in your perfect world. And then that tells you what your goals are. Okay. If it's, you want to work, wake up to the perfect partner, you want to get more time for the gym, et cetera. You identify what you want. Yes. You know, it gets pretty emotional when we go through this exercise. And then we ask the question, what does it take for you to take from today to your perfect world? What changes can you make now to become your perfect world? So Yay. You know what? In my perfect world, I'm at the gym and, you know, I'm at the gym with my trainer and I'm super fit, blah, blah, blah. What's the gap? Well, is the gap that, you know, I haven't woken up and done this or I need to get a trainer. You took that step to, to bridge the gap between what you, where you are now with where you want to be. Right. And so the perfect world uh, exercise is kind of what I would refer to first. Yeah, it's a great, uh, I know some people refer to it as like future authoring, perfect world. Um, It's really important. And you don't always have to know exactly how you're going to get from here to there, because sometimes even just recognizing the end goal will open up over time what those steps may be to get there. So if you're, if you're like, well, I want to earn a million dollars a year and I'm only earning 50,000 right now. That, that the brain can't really figure out how do I get from 50,000 to a million. But what it can do is say, here's the lifestyle I want. Here's what I want my day, my life, the emotions I want to feel, my, my physical vitality, my, my spiritual vitality, you know, everything, you know, my relationships, everything. And then that's what I want. And then you can just, and then the brain starts hunting for ways to actually get you there. Um, you have to do the work, of course, which is the hard part. Yeah. But, but so I'm curious, it, it, is it been your experience that most of the major shifts that we make that will a- actually get us there um, are actually pretty minor shifts that if we just repeat them, you know, sort of day in and day out, ultimately get us on that track versus sort of, you know, if you want to make a million dollars a year, you could get lucky and buy a lottery ticket. And I guess that's 
does happen to people. I don't know that it's a great plan, um, but it's it, it certainly that's one way to do it, but it's not a very uh, predictable way. It's probably the least predictable way. And it's way. not repeatable either. That's true. Right? Do you just want to get a million once or do you want to do it every year and then eventually every month, right? So that's the question. Um, now, the changes that I've made are probably minor, right? If you reduce it to the ridiculous is what I call it, right? You know, just reduce it, reduce it. And then and then you say, okay, if I got to call 50 people to get one yes, all right, great. I got to call, um, I, I want 100 deals this year. So that's, you know, 5,000 calls I got to make. Right. right. What's 5,000 divided by 365, you know, and then you just take that exercise and then you, you know, you can reduce it even further. You, you just got to call 14 people to right. get a hundred deals. Right. Can you, and uh, how it's long a pretty is amazing return on investment or, or return on effort? I would say that's, right. that's an incredible return on effort. Yeah, exactly. So 14, 14 calls, if you have 60 minutes and you have 14 calls, that's an average of four, uh, four and a quarter minutes. Can you spend a quarter, like a four and a quarter minute every day to do this? Right. Yeah. Is your, is your time worth a hundred deals that way? And yeah, of course, minus. Right. And so that's why that other agent you're talking about, making her phone calls, weekly phone calls to her people. Mm -hmm. She's, she's paying herself right there. Right. And so it is very minor changes. Same thing too, with staying in touch with, with sphere of influence, right. Um, or, or previous clients, um, you know, this idea of, oh my gosh, you know, this client that I use that used me four years ago to buy their home, use someone else to sell it. And yes, of course that happens. Sometimes someone's, you know, a family member gets in the business and you're probably not going to keep it based on, you know, things outside of your control, but there's so much within your control that oftentimes, you know, as agents, we don't have systems in place. You know, we close the sale where we're, we had a great experience uh, with that uh, buyer or seller. They like us, they know us, they trust us, and we know they're probably not gonna use us for another seven years, let's say. So then the question is, okay, do I want that person to think about me seven years from now? Of course, I think everyone would answer yes, but then the question is, what am I going to do to earn that for the next seven years? How, wh- why should they think about me just because I did a good job? Well, okay. Yeah, that's something, but what, what's more gas I can put in that tank over the next seven years. And I'm just curious if you have any suggestions or thoughts about, I'm sure you do about how to stay in touch with people <laughs> after the sale. Yeah. So uh, let's address two things there. Right. So the first thing, yes, if, uh, if it, somebody uses somebody else, it's a, you know, can feel like a devastating blow. especially for the first times, here's what I think. Things don't happen to me. Things happen because of me. Okay. And if I don't follow up in a manner that they want, then I have failed. Sure. Right. Now flip, flip it around. What are your thoughts when somebody uses you instead of the, the, their family member? Right. Yeah. What did you do? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a huge feather in, in the cap of anyone who um, who's being selected that way. And, and that's where you need to think back is what did I do to maintain this relationship? Right. And so recently I have had a um, one of my attorneys, he asked me to list something for him, his daughter and um, his, I think his um, son-in-law are both realtors. Wow. Okay. But guess what? I didn't do it to them. 
right? It's it, things happen because of me. And so if I am electing to be the expert in my field, they're experts in their field, right? I need to market, I need to communicate that my value is still there above and beyond every single other agent in this state, okay? My expectation of myself is I'm gonna be the first team to close 1000 deals a year in New Mexico. That's, that's who I'm going to be and that's what I project and I give them every single reason to work with me, right? And so what do I do? Yes, I, you know, it's lots of phone calls, lots of uh, mailings and brochures. I have a magazine. I, um, you know, I'm on the radio here, I'm on TV, et cetera, but be where your clients are, right? That's one thing we learned in, in, uh, in management of technology is where should we put this product? Put it where your clients are going to be, right? Should we put it at Smith's? Well, are the, are the people that are going to buy it going to be at Smith's? Great. Of course. Then, then put yourself there, right? So be everywhere at this, all at the same time, basically. And, I, and it sounds daunting. It sounds overwhelming. But, you know, uh, look at you. You're, you have this podcast, right? But then you have a system after this podcast to get it edited, sent out. You have this email that you send ahead of time, et cetera. Are you writing this email out by hand each time? Thank goodness, no. <laughs> you have a system, right? We do. And so, and you have a system of distribution, et cetera. Once that gets systematized, done, and everything, you, you can assign it to somebody else to do so that way you can focus on the next thing. So follow-up is so important because... You know, if, if you tell them you're only valuable to me every seven years, yeah, right. they'll hear you. They will hear you. Okay. Now flip it around. And this is what I tell people. What if your client there at closing, you know, they give you a bag of money now, but if you continue to talk to them every few weeks, every few months, talk to them and everything, they're going to leave these bags and bags of money at the title company. And as long as you talk to them, they're gonna send you to one of their friends and they're gonna help buy and sell. And then you can grab another bag of money from them. It's not every seven years. You're right. right? I'm curious, when you stay in touch with people after the sale, do you have any just uh, quick suggestions for content? So in other words, you know, obviously if somebody moves into a new home, they've purchased a month in, you could say, how's the new home? How's everything going? But let's say it's a year in and now they're settled, um, you know, and, and you, you do want to reach out because you want to maintain that, that relationship and still add value to, to their life. Um, what are some, what's some of the ways or, or how are you communicating with them like a year out where, um, you know, it's, it's not, Hey, this brand new, exciting home, or maybe it's, Hey, it's the anniversary of your home purchase. But aside from those, uh, more obvious sort of reasons to reach out, um, how are you continuing? With, how are you trying to stay in touch with them? So um, it's it's not complicated to talk to people, right? Right. You have your, everyone knows their Ford scripts. How's the family? How's work? Recreations, dreams. That's easy. That's the easy part. But if you're blanking on things, there's um, I we do like National Donut Day, right? Cool. That's that's a cool thing. We'll partner up with their local donut shop and send people coupons. You know. And so are you adding value after the sale also? Are you saying, you know, are you out there being an expert? So if you, if you have um, 
like news of things being built or new new coffee shops, et cetera. You can partner up with them, send coupons out, et cetera. Um, you can talk about community events that are happening. So there's so much out there that you can give to people. Your value should not stop after they sign, right? I have had, you know, this, and again, this is uh, working backwards, right? Um, I work in, in the manner that I expect my clients to give me a closing gift. That's how good I am. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. Say, and people ask me, you know, all the time, what should I get for a closing gift? I'm like, what do you mean get the client a closing gift? You should work so hard and they love you so much that they get you a closing gift. Right. And that has happened. I've even gotten like cash, you know, just them giving me cash, you know, um, you know, giving to the team gifts and everything like that. But that's that's the level you need to be at. Right. Um, to to get where you want to go. And again, you got to determine where you want to go now. Um, content wise, there's so much content out there. Right. Sure. Next door app. I don't watch the news. Trust me. Uh, I don't have the time for it. I always stand in my stance is if it's important, somebody will tell me, yeah. <laughs> right. And so next door, people are telling you what's going on. Um, you know, if you're, you're paying attention to um, the news, anything, NAR is going to give you things to talk about. You can give market updates. You can uh, be an expert. You can talk to reporters. Um, you know, I write articles for our, our news, uh, our newspaper here too, you know, based on what's happening. So there's so much out there that it's going to be paralyzing, you know, cause there's so many choices. How, yeah. I'm a perfectionist. I don't want to be seen. Like I, I made a mistake. Right. Okay. So to the, to a fault that I don't even execute until I have a mastery of it. And so for the longest time, I wasn't sending out postcards or anything. Cause I'm like, no, 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 this it doesn't look not, exactly. Yeah. This font yeah. isn't right. You know, yeah. and it's like Easter needs to be over here, but now it's like mm -hmm. three Easter's lit later. I still haven't sent it out. Right. Okay? So, so just do something, just do something is better than nothing. You, you know, um, holidays, you know, change your batteries, things going on in the community. Here's new builds. Um, you know, there's so, so much out there. Hell, I even talk about, you know, here's, here's my new favorite app to some people, you know, this app, I can scan things, I can measure things. So, you know, I know these people are already bought their house. Why would they care? Right. But Hey, if you're buying a new couch or something, check this app out. Or, you know, if you're buying a new house and you're in an open house on your phone, you could be measuring things. So there's just, there's, I can talk forever basically. And so just be yourself, just be who you are to their people. You don't need to be this professional that's on a suit, you know, sending out postcards, you know, to change your time or anything like that, you know, just be yourself. We should also talk too about the importance of brokers, at least here in Illinois, we call them brokers. I'll just say realtors because they're called different different things in different states, but um, how realtors can get support from members of you know whatever communities they identify with. And obviously you're a member of Nagel Rep. Um, which has, which is the largest organization for, you know, uh, the LGBTQ uh, plus realtor community. And um, obviously um, there's other organizations to support other communities and groups. And I just want to talk about, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts about the importance of getting that, that level of support from other like-minded or, or, 
you know, not even necessarily like-minded, but people who identify in a certain group and why that's so helpful. So, um, I, I do, uh, I do a class on tribal marketing, right. And about, you know, identifying your tribe, why tribalism is important and how you can, um, market to these groups and everything like that. It's people want to feel like they belong somewhere. Okay. And it's not all, I grew up in an era where I was, um, I was beaten up. I, uh, you know, Mm. they threw rocks at me in my car. Uh, they would prank call, et cetera. And so, and it's funny because, um, just years later, now we joke, one of people joke, uh, we joked in the office. We're like, does this seem weird to you that like everyone's gay now, you know, (laughs) like back in the day, you know, you know, we couldn't be ourselves basically. Right. Right. And, and, and then um, we realized, I realized that I don't want to work with everyone. Yeah. I only want to work with people who want to work with me. And if that's the case that, you know, um, if a client, um, it it doesn't vibe with my lifestyle or uh, orientation, I don't have to work with them. I'm, I'm not desperate. Remember, my, I am going to be the first one to close a hundred deals or a thousand deals a year in New Mexico. Does that guy in five years care if this person's a bigger or not? No, he does not. And I'm going to close that gap and I'm going to act like that today. Okay. And so it is very important to get support um, for whichever community, because guess what? You're not the only person that needs support. Your client needs support too. I have had so many people talk to me because they know that I'm not going to question their pronouns. I'm not going to misgender them. And they said, you know what? I don't want to deal with that. This is who I am. I don't need people to question to say, wait, what do you mean your husband, you know, on title? And I've had a case of that happen in, in Albuquerque, which is one of the most, um, progressive states in terms of laws for LGBTQ community, the community here. And the title person did not understand that uh, these two women were married. And of course, you know, they could, they got married in 2012. Right. And she kept, she kept saying, no, we can't do that. We need the husband's name over and over again. <laughs> and, um, and then she said, nope, there's, you can't do that. And I had a meeting with the uh, president of the title company here, you know, we did training for that, you know, for that group, you know, don't want to single anybody out or anything, but it should not be coming up. Right. And so we, we have to be the first line of defense for our clients here. So not only do we need support from each other in our groups here, but our clients need advocates too. What if, yeah. What if that person who is denying that a woman could be married to a woman was their realtor that they walked in on an open house and that was their representation? Do you think their experience would have been good? Absolutely not. Do you think they would have gotten fair representation? Probably not. Right. Right. And so back then, you know, when people were discriminating against if your last name was Garcia or, you know, if you had a black sounding name or nowadays it's, you know, okay, these two guys are on on a purchase agreement, you know, so, you know, can, can we send an offer letter, a love letter with these two guys, you know, to this, to this family? We don't know. Will that count against us? 
right? And so these are still things that I'm advising clients on. If they ask me, you know, about love letters and everything, I, I have to tell them, you know, it's not always that, uh, you know, uh, a person is as open-minded as, you know, working with us or et cetera. So please consider, you know, your offer still may be discriminated against if they know your lifestyle, et cetera. That shouldn't be the case. Right. And so when people say, oh, well, you know, gay rights, you know, you guys, you guys can get married now. What more do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? No, it's, it's over. It's completely equal yeah. now. Everything's equal. Yeah. Wrap it <laughs> yeah. up, you know, like, yeah. you know, pride flag sales are down. We're done. <laughs> um, you know, so that's why people ask, like, why don't we have straight pride? You know, why do, why do you guys have gay pride? Right. The, the fact is, you know, it's we're, we're not done. Right. We're not done uh, fighting for equality for our clients and everything. So it's very important to identify people that you can talk freely to with these issues. If I came up to a um, a colleague who, let's say, is straight, who has no experience with, you know, transgender people, can I freely discuss with them, you know, oh, hey, my client likes to be referred to as as uh, male and, and et cetera it should be, it should be not a thought. It should be just be boom, done. We're good, you know, but it's not always the case. So that's why it's important to have support. It's why it's important to have, you know, um, a group of people that you can go to that have had similar experiences as you do that have gone, uh, overcome a lot of things. And like I always say, I don't want to talk about the speed bumps on their journey. I want to talk about the end, right? But yeah. it is important to, to let others know Hey, you know, this is how I got over that speed bump or yeah. be aware that there are still speed bumps. That's a long answer to your question. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing answer and it's absolutely the exact same way I feel. So, you know, finding your tribe as a realtor, um, the good news is there's lots of tribes and there probably is an organization uh, that has uh, members for, you know, whatever challenges or, or maybe not even challenges that you're facing, but just wanting to communicate with other like-minded individuals who can help you when, when you do find those speed bumps along the way. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, you know, and this podcast is, is hopefully a, a small version of that because what, what I've learned after all these years of, of doing it is very rarely have I interviewed anybody on the show who said, you know, it was really easy. Um, I had a whole bunch of friends that were ready to buy and sell homes the moment I got my license and I just had to pass the test. And then the, the floodgates opened up with business. It was, it's almost, or, or a different version of that is I joined this firm and they gave me every lead that I ever needed. And I didn't have to do any real prospecting. Um, I've not yet ha- heard that story. Maybe somebody's has that, uh, and that'll be on our show at some point. But um, 300 guests in, I haven't heard it yet. And everybody has speed bumps along the way. Whether you know you're part of a group that that gets discriminated on, or whether you're just um, you're maybe not part of a group that deals with a lot of discrimination, but you're still struggling. It's finding a tribe of people who can say, "Hey, I've been there. I know how to do that." Um, and in our show, we we highlight a lot of challenges that that people face. But I think that's so important to reach out to some of these organizations and see if, you know, they can be of, of benefit to you. And if you can be of benefit to their members, um, obviously you're, you're part of, of Nagel Rep and, and probably other organizations. Um, mm-hmm. And I imagine that just provides some comfort to know that I have a group of people who are having similar experiences to me that I can share with and help them uh, through their journey. Definitely. And it's, um, you know, even if you're in your own city and you don't have any resources, you're the, the lone realtor that's in this community, know that we're out there 
we're, we're here to help. And if you have any questions, how to navigate things, it doesn't matter um, if you're part of the LGBTQ community, if you're part of whatever community, I'm always open to, to talk to people. I give free coaching advice basically um, when people message me because they ask me things like, you know, you know, how do you start a charity? How do you do this? And everything. Yeah. I'll just throw it out there. And it doesn't matter if you're in my market and my competition, because you aren't my competition. You can't compete with me. I want you to win too. Yeah. And that's it. And, and there's enough business so. for everyone. And it is, I always try to remind uh, our listeners, not that they need reminding, but I like to remind uh, our, even the agents at our own company, this is, it is called a cooperative commission co uh, <laughs> compensation as well. It, you know, to, to cooperate with each other gets, gets the job done. Um, but um, I would like to, to wrap up by saying, you know, if there are any buyers, sellers, investors, renters in the Albuquerque slash Santa Fe area of New Mexico that is wanting to work with, with one of the top agents and teams in the state and the uh, team that is going to get to a thousand, uh, thousand transactions a year, what's the best way they should reach out to you? So um, I'm always available on my phone. Uh, number my number is 505-918-9893 I am one of the people that will return your calls so um, you know it, it might be a little later in the day but you know it's going to get done I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash the koi t-h-e-k-h-o-y on Instagram at the same handle and of course uh, koi at hunterchaserealty.com and um, this is for everyone not just in uh, in our market but if any agent out there has questions or needs help or anything, please reach out because if you have that question, somebody else has that question too. And like I said, you know, the more questions we, we write down and answer for people, the, the faster we can progress as an industry as well. Well, I very much appreciate your generosity uh, in, in appearing on our show and providing so much really amazing content. Um, there was just been a ton of tips and advice, and I think all of it was just absolutely the same way I feel. So I'm, I'm so grateful that that you took, and I know how busy you are because uh, while you might not be at a, a thousand uh, deals a year yet, uh, I know your phone rang about a about a dozen times just during this hour, and you, he, uh, and Koi has a lot of phone calls to return, and I am this is just how busy he is. And, and this is so impressive to us that, that you would take time out of your busy day to do this. So thank you. Uh, on behalf of the listeners and the viewers, we appreciate uh, your time. Yeah. And on also on behalf of Koi and myself, we want to thank our listeners and viewers for continuing to listen and watch and support our little show here. The best way that you can help us grow is by telling a friend. Just think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing this amazing conversation we just had with Koi and send them a link to the show. Uh, easiest way to do that is have, send them right over to our website. It's keepingitrealpod.com. They can stream every episode we've ever done right through the browser there. They don't need to uh, be a podcast app person, but if they are a podcast person, have them pull up a podcast uh, app on their phone and search for Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button. And um, that Koi, thank you so, so much for being on the show. This was an amazing yeah, conversation. I could, yeah. I could talk to you for another few hours and I know you do not have that much free time. So thank you I so always, much. I'll always keep some time for you. And um, I just want to throw it out there too, is I started listening to these, uh, these podcasts and these shows uh, about top producers and everything. And just 
you know, keep listening, getting those tips out there, implementing one thing at a time to re- yeah. to iterate your your process until you get it right. Until there's so many people that want to work with you that you have to hire out, you have to refer, and etc. So you know, just keep it up. You know, it all will work out for you. A perfect way to end. Uh, keep it up. Do everything that you can and do it daily. And don't worry too much about the outcome because if you just do work, focus on those daily disciplines. Like we were saying, you know, fourteen calls a day might just net you a hundred deals in a year. And boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're making me think about other things I should be doing in my business. So I appreciate the, uh, the, the reminder there. All right, Coy. Well, thank you so much. And we will see and list, uh, everybody or, or everyone will hear us or watch us on our next episode. Thanks, Coy. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you.